you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Experts in Handing. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. And I'm in a room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, whatever. <laughs> to my right, to my right, is the face of NFL Network, the first oh. voice you ever heard, yeah, and the last one you'll ever hear. But that's just a, that's oh a spoiler God. to our listeners. Oh my God, <laughs> Rich Eisen, welcome hey, to Jeff. the Chris Wesley Podcast Studio. How are you? It's an honor to be here in this chair in this studio. This is very Thanks cool for having me. Oh, is that? Do you play that song for? <laughs> Every, no, uh, most, for only guess. one person. <laughs> most people get kind of like this very, sexy song build up. But that was more of like I'll take a, it. That was Regal Royal. Thank yeah. you. It was Regal. How are you? I'm. Regal. I'm. I can't believe this place. This is pretty cool, man. Well, you I know, I've seen it. I've seen it now that I'm actually sitting you're in it. You're also the the benefit of sitting. If for those that are watching on YouTube, if you look at the screen, you look. Uh, you look like a normal-sized human, and Greg no. looks like a newborn child just come <laughs> well, from the womb. That's pretty much life, life size. And the, and the ATN manger. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, the, here's a little backstory for people that don't know. Yes. That Rich Eisen, many firsts at the network and the media group, but also the first podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, trust me, this uh, a facility like this one did not exist. <laughs> no, we said that back at the old studio. Uh, you mean as, the converted as closet? As Sheck uh, called it Studio 66. Yes. Uh, that you, you really got that studio built. We would not have uh, gotten around the NFL cranking as much as we did because I think it took Rich Eisen to get <laughs> what that was Rich pulls built. the levers. Oh, I, could tell you the story the how it, uh, I could tell you the story how it got started, and it's amazing now that there's a studio um, and uh, many podcasts that are created around here. It was born out of uh, me seeing the proliferation of podcasts and sports podcasts and the success of it and, um, you know, total access being a, a certain 
60-minute construct in which there was some possibility for a celebrity interview when we would have uh, folks come and pick games, uh, a celebrity game-picking contest, but that was just five-minute conversation and out. There was no really opportunity to have long-form conversations, which is what I, which is what I wanted to do. So uh, I went into the office of then NFL Network. It wasn't a media group yet. Mm. NFL Network uh, uh, chief, Steve Bornstein, who has been my long-term rabbi. I told him he's <laughs> smart enough to have hired me twice, once at ESPN and mm. once here. There you go. And I went in. I told him my idea of, of a podcast, and I wanted to do it. His answer was, how much is it going to cost? And I'm like, nothing. He goes, go ahead. And that's what it was. <laughs> It was that's that how it started. Go ahead. That was that's similar. That's similar to our uh, origin story here, where we uh, pitched our news boss of like, can we just do it uh, yeah. around our actual job? And he said yes, as long as one person stays on the desk at all times. So one person would be down in the newsroom while the others would be in the studio. Well, it's, it's, it's a great setup. You know, it's about optics. You know, it's optics. <laughs> that, that, that only lasted word. about two or three shows. Well, it's because you guys are a terrific <laughs> listen and a great watch and a, a terrific uh, podcast Thanks, thank you. so in success you start you know hopefully doing what you want to do and um so and and it's just pretty cool like again i i do walk by here and i see chris's name on the wall and i can't imagine what it must feel like for you guys to come to work here every day and say that you're coming from the chris westling podcast studio it must be pretty sweet it's it's it's, it's awesome. special to us and it it being able to that's the first thing we say every episode and it's like it he right. stays with us and uh you know your podcast you eventually kind of spun it into the rich eisen show yes which sir. people can get that um which we appeared on i know the ratings for that particular well, episode yeah. you, guys, you guys you guys are difficult to book you know you're, <laughs> honestly you guys you're you're always here you're always doing something but now seeing you here that reminds me of you come back anytime. when me and chris did a spot there yes and I remember Keisha came to take pictures. Oh, right. And it is a great memory because you guys sent a car for him. And that, that seat was really cool. He thought that that was really cool. You sent a car for him. <laughs> we had the, you have the dressing room in yeah. the back. And she has lots of great pictures from that day. Oh, I'd and love just, to see him. It just felt like. He felt like, wow, this this is crazy. You know, we start, we, me and him started knowing each other back at Roto World, and here I am taking a car, and we're on TV. He had, we hadn't done much stuff like that before, and he was, he always had this feeling of like, can you believe how lucky we are? And just kind of tickled over what had happened with with his career. So just, yeah, bringing that back up, that was a great memory. I think the first couple of times I split you guys up into twos, right? Right, that's what yeah. it was. Two of you I think guys they came, came the day before came, yeah. or after, right. and yeah, me. Yeah. Greg and I don't get along, so that was it was good, <laughs> good to idea. have. Well, I got the heads up. I got yeah. the heads up. Yes. It's, it's similar to a story I can tell uh, and spin myself into. I'm sorry. Sure, let's I'm, hear it. I'm a control freak, man. I'm difficult with the A's. I'm better at the Q's. But um, so um, one of the first Pro Bowls we ever covered on NFL Network. So let me get this right. It was after the second Super Bowl we ever covered, the Eagles and the Jacksonville right. Jacksonville Eagles and the uh, Patriots. Last time we've seen an actual repeat winner in the NFL, as a matter of fact. Mm. So uh, we went from Jacksonville, Florida, to to the Pro Bowl. So we stopped. All, we took a flight from Jacksonville to Atlanta, then Atlanta to Denver, and then Denver all the way over to Hawaii. And I'll never forget Schefter, like, and he doesn't drink. He he wore these like uh, almost famous type shades on the plane, <laughs> and we were given all sorts of crap. 
and and and, and it, it was just great going all the way over there. We get there, and it's for the second year that we've done this. Uh, we 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 stayed at the Pro Bowl hotel where all the players were staying, and we set up um, a main set at the end of the practice field where the Alani Hotel, if you want to take your kids to a Disney hotel, I guess over in uh, sure. in Hawaii, currently is. This place doesn't, this whole thing doesn't exist anymore. So we had our main set at the end of the practice field where the AFC and the NFC would switch off practicing depending on the hour. And then we would have a set by the pool where all the guys hung out and then a set on the beach. And the set on the beach was like underneath this like tiki hut and I, I had a long lounge chair and another lounge chair set up for the, the the guest and we would sit there literally in like a prone state and i would interview them so <laughs> this time though we had two long chairs set up for the just freshly uh losing philadelphia eagles who were sending everyone over this is again back in the day where the pro bowl uh, would happen right, after, after yeah and it would yeah. be after and it would take a couple days and then get there so it was going to be for uh, Tio and Donovan McNabb to appear together. Mm. And um, we didn't know that in the interim of us flying from Atlanta to Denver to Hawaii, that Tio had let it be known on a radio show that Donovan mm. McNabb vomited oh. in the uh, huddle Ooh, yeah. when everything was going down for the Super Bowl. <sighs> right. And thus um, – um, had no idea that this was sparking. And then all of a sudden, T.O. said to our producers, he's not coming if Donovan's going to be there. Oof. Donovan's <laughs> not coming if T.O.'s going to be there. And that was the first Awkward. indication we had that some trouble was in the Andy Reid paradise. Mm. And then, of course, the sit-ups and the well, next yeah. question. So, Can we keep our attention just so that's what, honest that's my and open? Yeah. Story yeah. Of, Extended, I'm, I'm Andy Reid. And I don't know who's T.O. and well, who's no, McNabb. I think it, I'm T.O., the Hall of Famer, I think. Oh, McNabb. That's why, this is why it's a difficult relationship. <laughs> the, you can see. All you right. Can see. Let's, let's. Yes. All right. I'm We're going to do some news. down that long road. Though. No, that was, no, that was you know. I'm you're a lifer. 2003, I believe it was, the first time you uh, started uh, yeah. this network. Uh-huh. Uh, the first voice anyone heard. Almost 20 years now. And now. It's coming up. For the 17th time. Yes, 17, Rich. Yes. Uh, run, Rich, run. Yes. A 40-yard dash in your suit, of course, yes. benefiting the relationship between yes. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, NFL Place 60. Yes. 17 years. I have two questions. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. One. Yes. Any significant injuries in the first 16 years? Uh, yes. I blew out my hamstring one year, <laughs> um, running it for a third time. I remember that happening, and I remember saying, that's it. I guess we can't air it. Mayock said, you have to air it. You have to do it. (laughs) Like, this is part of what you do. Like, you can't just not do it because you blew your hamstring. Right. And he he convinced me that, okay, we'll we'll show it and we'll do it. And then when we aired it, he started making merciless fun of me, (laughs) saying that there was a sniper in the dome and took me out. Because I went straight down. But it's a memorable one now. Now you got it as a story. Yeah. He was right. He was. He, he was. He but he was that. right. Like because <laughs> I think part of the popularity of this is that I am now a 52 year old right. man who is running um, in a suit. It it looks absurd. Um, the simulcams make it even more funny. Like the simulcams sure, I love gave that. everything new life. It brought a slapstick aspect to it. It brought sort of an intergenerational aspect to it um 
And without the simulcams, I think the run probably would have um, run, if you will, its course. It, but the simulcams at the Combine gave it kind of new life. And here we are nearly two decades later. Raised, right. You've raised millions of dollars for St. Jude. I, my part two or B of this is typically at the Combine. Now we're doing it in the draft. Yes. You, you live in Los Angeles. Yes. You have all the, the training facilities here. Uh, oh. You're getting out of the winter and being in Indianapolis, yeah. eating yeah. those steaks and yeah. the late nights. I imagine even though you are older now, you have a chance to run a better time because you're in a healthier place okay. physically and mentally. Yes or no? Well, just like everything in the NFL media world, you're overthinking it. <laughs> um it, 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 it's just a, a, a natural, I guess, evolution of this thing in a way. It, it was born out of uh, boredom, like everything in the television business in 05. Especially and, in Indianapolis. Oh, gosh. It was in the old RCA Dome, and we were doing oh, yeah. NFL Total Access that night, the we being me and Terrell Davis. And, um, and we were just done pre-recording all the interviews of all the coaches who were never going to stick around till 8 o'clock at night to do their interviews live. So we would, you know, when they were done with their combine day, they'd come up to our set position, um, which was um, in a suite in the old RCA dome. And we would record the interviews and then we would wait around to do total access live. So Terrell Davis and I are just sitting there. And I remember we're just sitting there and I looked down at the field and saw the 40 yard dash line. And it just popped in my head as we were getting like an hour and a half away to being on the air. Uh, I said, how fast do you think I can run the 40? And this is the conversation you're having. You could hear the buzz of the lights. There was nobody in the building. <laughs> and everyone was on break because we were an hour and a half to air. And he just laughed at me. And I'm like, no, really? How fast do you think I can run the 40? And he said, Rich, you can't run any. You're not going to run the 40. <laughs> and I, can I curse on this? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. Sure. I said, F you. <laughs> Watch me go do it. I literally said that to Terrell Davis. And um, we laughed. He thought I was joking. I went straight <laughs> down on the field and ran it in my suit, tie, and lace-up dress shoes and ran it in 6.77 mm. seconds. And I had no idea anyone was recording it because everyone was on break, but I had no idea that um, somebody was in the truck, hit record, and somebody was recording it on the field and shot it. Had no idea it was being shot. And later on that night, at the end of the live total access, they showed me running, and they clocked me at 677. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that funny? Next day, when we're interviewing people, three different people requested to see it because they'd seen it on total access the night before. Mike Holmgren, Joe Gibbs, and Matt Millen. Joe Gibbs. Yeah, Matt Millen, who was the GM at the time of the of, – you know, prior to the Millen Man March – uh, in Detroit. And right. so um, probably looking for a new it. running back. They asked to see it. And Joe Gibbs told a story of a guy that used to come out of the stands at one point, you know, in his suit and tie at an old like training camp that I guess Paul Brown used to run. I mean, some crazy ass story and found it funny. Every, all of them found it funny. And so we aired it over and over again, that first combine next year, I show up and there's Mike Holmgren standing there at the 40 yard dash line. As I walked <laughs> in RCA dome, the RCA dome, because that's where the, the doors, the revolving doors in the old RCA dome, which is kind of like the carrier dome held up by air, right. he would walk through and he was standing right there. He goes, you're going to run the 40-yard dashing? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. And he goes, why not? You got to beat your time. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> so I did it again. And they Six recorded it again and showed it again. And then I did it again and I did it again and I did it again. 
and just as just I uh, just to keep it going. And then the simulcams kept it with a new life. It kind of gave a much more viral aspect to it. And then the charitable component was added. And now I'm here in L.A. because the combine was, was canceled, as you know, in right. 2020. And then last year it was like, OK, we're we're. There was no well. The combine twenty twenty went down. Twenty twenty one was canceled. So how am I going to do it? And I just didn't want to give up. And neither did anybody at St Jude, and neither did anybody here at NFL Network. And so nobody wanted to give up. And they're like, "Well, what can we do?" And we called up SoFi and said, "We want to come." And then Tracy Perlman from the Legends community said, "I'll get involved." And anybody who knows her knows when she gets involved, things happen. And um, then Mark Laurie, who was the uh, now the owner of the Timberwolves, hmm. who two years before it reached out to me saying uh, I, he had no idea what I was doing, but he was just looking for a charity to hook up with, you know, uh, wanting to expand his philanthropy. Um, and he was the chair of the e-commerce at Walmart at the time, and he found my run on YouTube. Hmm. All of these viral videos yeah. of wow. running. And he's just like, who is this guy running in his suit and what for? And he learned more about it and reached out to me. And he's like, I want to run against a um, – I want to come to Indianapolis and I want to run against somebody, you know, famous in the NFL. And we'll raise money for charity. I'll, I'll help raise money for your charity. We reached out to Jerry Rice and Jerry Rice said yes. And I told Mark Lohr, you don't want a piece of this guy. Um, and they ran at the combine, just the two of them. And it created a buzz and raised money. So now we expanded it to have more legends come last right. year. And he brought more people who wanted to be into the philanthropy. And so we we ran it eight legends and eight entrepreneurs at the at the stadium last year across the street. And then um, so this year we're doing it again. Um, SoFi was, is not available, believe it or not, because they're changing finally the turf from the Super Bowl. They kept the turf for the Super Bowl down on the ground all hmm. the way to April 7th. Lazy. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they're actually giving – they're, they're taking luck. the turf up. They're taking the turf up and they're chopping it up and, I guess, selling off pieces of it. I don't know. But hmm. they're re-putting the turf down hmm. there. So we couldn't do it there this year. So we're doing it at the Rose Bowl. I huh. do feel like one moral of the story for the listener and children out there and everyone is don't listen to Terrell Davis – well, on any topic, because he, he could have prevented all this from happening had you taken Yes, I would agree that the moral to take away is that Terrell Davis is a naysayer. <laughs> yes. And that A-Rod, you know, they say he's an owner of the Timberwolves. He's not the real owner. Of the no, Mark Lurie is, and, and uh, right. these are all things. You guys, crowd. good takeaways from this guy. Yeah, but that's the answer. <laughs> and my takeaway is you're running on natural grass. Turf. Yeah, we are. That's. I feel like that's a problem. I don't know. I'll let you know. Plus the turf at the. They were talking about it at the combine this year. The turf in Indy Ooh, that's was true. fresh turf, and the guys are, man, it was a fast it. turf. But uh, oh, to be honest with you, know. credentialing multiple people to come to the combine is truly the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> We've been down that road. So if we if we can do it out here, and 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 you know, so we're 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 right. we're doing it this weekend. He once had security escort Connor or out of the building when he was. A guest on our podcast. That's oh, is that right? Yeah. Which one of us <laughs> yes. would you be, you know, the most uh, terrified, not terrified might not be the word, intimidated to race against? Who do you think would produce the top score? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'll sit this one out. I feel know, like the, the little guys have the best chance here. I think 
Greg Rosenthal has, I think, uh, a little bit of Austin Eckler in him. You know, yeah. like he's got like he's he'd like to think he does. He could be, he, you know, he's, he's Mark a, likes to bring up his sixth grade cornerback. He's uh, a small four package. snaps that he took, but he's I'm a, still out there running. I know. Um, so, yeah, I would I would I would go there. But uh, okay. trust me, I'm definitely the slowest guy. What, at this table. When are you going to learn, Mark? Whenever you set up these, which one of us is it going to be when it's, it's not, not you, you? It always well, hurts it, you. Why do you do it to yourself? What What is the psychology behind that? So well, that's, that could be an entire podcast episode. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it is, because I have the similar thing with you about nicknames. I've been trying to give Matt Ryan the same nickname for 10 years. It's And at some point, I'm just feeling the answer that's going to come back one day, the answer I'm looking for. You press so you on. Keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Press I, I mean, Matty to... Ice was a great one right off the bat. No, it's not. It sucks. <laughs> what Why? It's good. Why? Because it's a nickname for a 12-year-old. I know, but people remember it. Here behind their parents' back, Matty Ice, Natural Ice isn't But it like a beer made anymore. sense in context and people remembered He's it. He's a grown-ass man. Like, Wait, look at the guy who showed up in Indianapolis. That's a CEO quarterback. You're going to keep naming What is your nickname you're pushing? I'm sorry, Rich. For anyone that doesn't oh, know. Oh, it sucks too. It's the natural. Okay. No, you don't have to even give it. An okay, right. it's, it's all right. right. It's all right. It's, it's not okay. great. It's not great. But the <laughs> I mean, first play Matty of his ice. career, bomb to I think Michael. Has Deckins he ever given you feedback on, on the natural? He th- he thinks it's terrible. Oh, and the problem is too is that after he rejected it, I started shopping it around. Mm-hmm. Um, the first person I went to is Stafford, having no idea that he and Matt Ryan are tight. So mm. that was a non-starter. And then I went. Regifting it to uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Then I went to um, Mahomes and I tried the patchural with him. That was off of the <laughs> no. awful Monday night experience where we're losing it. Where, where, no, hold on. I okay. think we're still with it, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, th- when, uh, um, who was doing a Monday night at the time? Uh, oh, Bugger? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, why am I playing? I talked Joe Tessator. Tessator. Yeah. T- remember, Tessator is calling him Friend Showtime Mahomes. That mm-hmm. whole, that, I'm like, we can't have that. Oh, can't yeah. be, it's not, we're not going to force that. So I try to force the patrol on him. No good. He rejected that. That's when I went back to Matt Ryan. And as you know, the but, Letterman style of humor is to do something over sure. and over and over again. O- and Uma, then beat Oprah, it the ground. Uma, Oprah. Right. Wait, Rich. So, but here's the thing with the nicknames. Yes. A good move for you, I feel like unsolicited advice is you had inconvenient truth for Frank Gore. I did. Just stand on that. I you should, don't need to think of like another nickname stands, ever I again. Just walked right out. No, I, 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 I can't stop. I don't <laughs> He's just acknowledged. He can't stop, um, stop, you know. All right. Your time is valuable, Rich. We don't uh, Not that valuable. Well, how about this? We're going to start the news. I'd love to get your thoughts on Debo because I know you talked about it on the Rich Eisen show sure. this week. And uh, I thought you had some interesting takes on both my Jets and another Let's our do Jets, it. I should say. Let's do it. And another team that you think he fits with. Let's hit the news. Ricky Hollywood. With the 32nd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Debo Samuel. Uh, once upon a time, Debo was a second-round pick. I never had this production value doing a podcast ever. Man, listen. there's people behind a glass. Look at that! Look at this team. Like just they're cutting. They're cutting cameras. I'm not even Chris sure. Chris unbelievable. Erica Tamposa, uh, Sean Kelly, literally Raver, Chavez Ravine back there. Back in the day. Well what done. a team. Um, Incredible. So, Debo Samuel. This is where we are in the modern NFL. The stars that are stars with teams out of nowhere. You wake up one morning, they don't want to be there anymore. Samuel has requested a trade from the 49ers. Rap Sheet reported Wednesday. The request was submitted more than a week ago. Not a surprise. The team was aware of Samuel's feelings about his standing with the franchise. The Niners have been 
uh, Rich, trying to reach out, get something done financially as Samuel enters the final year of his rookie contract. Yes. But he's been shutting them down. He wants a fresh start, as we understand. We heard uh, through various reports that the Niners have no intention of trading Samuel. And yet, Rich, as yes. someone that's been around this league for a long time now, that doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. It's crazy. It's crazy. The 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 uh, NFL non-playing season, as we call it around these parts, <laughs> this year um, has been perfectly summed up. We keep popping the tweet up on the screen on, on, on my show. A four-word tweet from Stefan Diggs on the 23rd of March when Tyreek Hill, it was first reported, was wanted out of Kansas City and it looked like they were about to oblige him. Stefan Diggs tweeted out, the hell going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he tweeted, the hell going on. And, and we keep on going back to that tweet over and over again because the hell is still going on. You know, it's just crazy what's happening and it's born out of, Many different things started with Brady switching teams and a whole bunch of quarterbacks thinking, well, the way I've done it forever doesn't have to be the way I have to keep doing it. Stafford took that route to the Super Bowl and a championship. Then you start seeing other quarterbacks trying to get out. Now you're seeing wide receivers getting paid like quarterbacks and certain wide receivers getting paid like quarterbacks when they don't have the leverage to get out and get paid. Back, you know, I remember one of the first stories in the history of NFL Network was when Javon Walker wanted to get paid by the Packers. And there was a big stink because Favre's like, I think he should be here when he was holding out. And it's just like, hey, Brett, you know, like stick to your business. Right. And that was a solid of, six was, month ordeal. It was content. huge. It was huge. Devontae Adams had a franchise tag hanging over him. And he still got out, and he still got paid the most money we've ever seen a receiver get paid. So, yes, the landscape has totally changed, and now the wide receiver landscape is fascinating in the fact that now guys who are on the back end of their first contract in the second round, three guys, DK, AJ, and Debo, wanting to get paid like Tyreek Hill just got paid and like Devontae Adams just got paid, and we'll see if owners will do that in the same way we'll see if owners will pay quarterbacks like the Browns are paying Deshaun Watson. Oh, they'll pay him. I mean, well, if, the, if they uh, like make him available, they'll go get fully guaranteed. Maybe not fully guaranteed. That's what I'm but, saying. Okay. Like that's what is on. That's what Michael Bidwell's on the clock with right now. He's the first one up with a quarterback saying, I want to get paid. And the answer is like, of course we'll pay you, but am I going to cut a $200 million check in escrow? You're not I don't know about tier. that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. So these are all things working right. out. The Debo thing in particular. There's three things at play here. One the Niners can handle. One the Niners cannot handle. And one that needs some massaging to handle. The one that the Niners cannot handle is if he wants to play somewhere other than California. I mean, that's where the Niners can say, "Well, we're the San Francisco 49ers. What are we going to do? We can't mm. fix where we play football, right? The one that the Niners can absolutely handle if it's money." If it's money, they can pay him. The question is, is what if it is the situation of him saying, I don't want to be a running back at the position? You know, uh, our fantastic uh, research staff here at the network sent out a whole bunch of statistics on this subject matter just yesterday. One that jumped at the screen with me is that the first 33 games of his career, he had something like 40 rushes, okay? In the last 11 games... He had 80 rushing attempts. Right. I mean, and only 30 receptions. It's totally flipped over the last 11 weeks. And we played a soundbite on my show today based on Debo on my show on November 23rd, two days after he led the Niners in rushing against the Jaguars. 
And he said that um, he loved contact and have a problem with contact. And I asked him point blank. And it's one of those things when you watch an interview back and you're thinking, you forget what you asked him and you're thinking to yourself, please ask him a good question. Please ask him a good question. I did get to him. I said, do you prefer to run it or catch it and run it? What do you prefer? And he said, I prefer catching and running it. And, um, and so we played that whole soundbite of him saying that he's got a great relationship with Kyle Shanahan and it ended with him saying, I want to catch it and run it. So the question is, is what happened between then and now the 49ers contract offer is what happened. If the contract offer it. was great off the jump, I doubt any of this is happening. If you pay him like the number one receiver in the league or one of them, then I don't think he's complaining. About I totally I think I totally agree with you there, because that's what I, I, just to bring my again, another long winded answer full circle is that the Niners can fix this, address this problem by paying him the money where he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what time zone he's in or how many running rushing attempts that he's getting, diminishing his ability to maybe get a third contract in his career, which I'm sure somebody is explaining to him how this all works out. And the time when I spoke to him, when he said that he didn't mind the contact, great relationship with his coach, and I prefer catching and running over running, was that the two days after that 11-game stretch had just begun, so he had not been used significantly at the running back position yet in the manner in his previous 33 sure. years since after I hung up the phone from him. So that's my take. I, I, I think you're totally right, Greg. I think this is business, and I think that's what it's all about. And maybe the, the differences can be then reconciled. But it's also different business, and that's what I found really interesting about this whole offseason and I think this is the latest part of it. It's like 49ers fans and Titans fans. We'll talk about A.J. Brown later with Justin Graver, the gravedigger back there. Like, they're all up in arms like, oh, this is no story because they're not going anywhere. But these receivers, kind of like the quarterbacks, are throwing away the unwritten rules. The unwritten rules was like, yeah, you will get paid maybe going into your fourth year if you don't have a fifth-year option. But it's after the draft, and like that's when we're going to talk. And don't make life uncomfortable for us now. But if you're a Debo Samuel, it's like, why not? Because I can just go kind of ferret out some contract offer, you know, behind closed doors from a team like the Jets. So I know for damn sure that my value is $70 million guaranteed, $25, $27 million a year. And by putting this out there in April before the 49ers are even ready, I think they're caught flat-footed here. It's like, why not do that? That's going to make me the most amount of money. So did you just change the T and ATN to tampering? (laughs) I I mean, some sort of behind the scenes. Did you just say the Jets are like going up to Devo Samuels? I don't know if the Jets are. Or or a a team is doing that? It used to be, if if you're Debo Samuel... Tough cookies. You weren't you weren't a first round pick, so you don't get that, that extra year. You don't right. get the same contract. You got to wait out this fourth year. Maybe they give you an extension. Maybe they just hit you with the tag. Maybe they hit you with the tag again. Now, Mark, things have changed. Where if the wide receiver has enough leverage, if he's a big enough star, he dictates the terms. And now the Niners have to react off that. Do we want him? Do we want to give him all this money? And with Jimmy G still tying up our salary cap, or do we look at? Look how we got Debo Samuel. He was a second-round pick. This is a good wide receiver draft. We have these teams that are desperate to add somebody like Debo. Do we strike? It's. It, I'm sure it's whiplash for the Niners, who just got out of season where he was a stud of studs. Uh, but at the same time, you can get reeled in by the idea of starting fresh without him. Well, it's like the Ronald Reagan trickle-down effect, because you were right. It started with the quarterback scene, Tom Brady, wheeled power, and then then wield fame and glory off of it. And Matthew Stafford's thinking, I can do that. You're, if you're Debo Samuel and you don't react and do the social media thing and scrub the account 
and wield your public power and become part of the news cycle, and you have other teams interested in your services, and you're starting to lobby with the idea of trading and before the draft, this was a perfectly timed maneuver by Debo Samuel, you look dumb. If you're as valuable as he is and you sit quiet and don't get that money now, because like the old days was the contract was the contract. Now it's like if you're on fire by the end of year three, you start a, you start a but war. People, people have been getting those contracts for a while, I think, to be clear. I think Adebo Samuel was going to get offered a nice contract this offseason. It just would have happened in June and July, and it would have like slowly crept up from 16 to 19 million. He's just like, no, uh, I'm going to see if another team wants to give up two uh, first round everything picks and give me that money Unless now. he wants to go against somewhere else, so he doesn't want to live on the West Coast, pay California taxes. I mean, that could be part of it. it sounds totally like it. That's, it that's the reporting. Go to the I guess to bring it all together about wanting to get paid after year three and not go into year four is that's what Kyler Murray wants to do because all you got to do is just take a look at Baker Mayfield, who went into year four, coming off of the first playoff victory for the Browns since 1994, beating the Steelers, and almost taking care of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how he entered year four and exit year four on a podcast couch next to a dog looking for a belly scratch. Right. <laughs> and like, that's all you need to know. Let's say Kyler Murray's like, you know what? He, he may love animals, but he does not want to be sitting on a podcast couch next to a dog that was, you know, looking for a scratch. Isn't and that's what Baker Mayfield's doing right now. Isn't the difference, though, because we can see what Debo's doing. And we're like, well, he's totally valuable and worth the money. When Kyler Murray has done what he's done, I mean, there's certainly a talented player there. But in general, Kyler Murray and what he's created, I look at it and say, no, that contract, you're not going to get that massive contract right now. And the Cardinals aren't rushing to pay him either. I don't know how. Look, man, he he, he is incredibly talented. He is definitely playing above five and a half million. Someone bucks would give it to him, though. It's like There's David no Tepper would give but him it's Deshaun not... Watson's contract today, I think. I, you, so you think someone's going to give Kyler Murray Deshaun Watson's contract? Yeah. Like There has to Close be more enough. of a tiered element here because it can't just be Kyler Murray becomes the, that, the highest paid quarterback. That'd be quite a gamble. Just, I mean... That's a whole other conversation. I agree, though, Greg. Somebody would totally someone do would, that. Someone would. That's a, quite that. a roll of the dice. Watson, for all his off-the-field issues, I think has showed more as a player than Kyler. Sure, but once you get to the point where it's like, hey, you're a difference-making quarterback, okay. I think they would be handing out that Especially money. Especially that organization. And there's, there's some desperate. sort of issue there between Kyler and the team that is different than all these situations. Yeah, they where know him, and they're not, they don't seem overly right, and pleased I, with the experience. And Kyler knows them too. I thought it was interesting this week. A couple of his teammates or ex-teammates now, Patrick Peterson and Chase Edmonds, both indicated like Kyler really wants to win and hasn't been too happy with how they they were handling things. Anyways. Could you so imagine though when it's all there. said and done that the Seahawks go into the season with Drew Locke, Geno Smith and whoever they might get a week from now in Las Vegas, Nevada, and then the Arizona Cardinals could potentially go into the season with Kyler Murray livid and not showing up and creating a problem and showing up in center field for the Oakland A's or something something crazy like that because you can't say that that's not possible in this hell going on world <laughs> and that the uh, at the very same time the San Francisco 49ers could potentially go into this season with Trey Lance at quarterback without Debo Samuel and the offense and our neighbors across the street are like red hour back, feet up on the desk, <laughs> yeah. cackling with their cigars, staring at the gleam of their Pacific Coast sunlight off of the Lombardi trophy that they just won with Stafford re-signed and Allen Robinson brought in. 
and Bobby Wagner behind Aaron Donald, who did not retire with their coach, who did not leave them, with Jalen Ramsey still there, and everybody ready to go once again. They are just Mark's laughing. worst nightmare. He, he was worried before we moved in next to him that we would somehow become like houseboys for the Rams, that we'd be like the Rams team. Scantily like, clad houseboys. Your worst boys. nightmares have come true. They won the Super Bowl in their own hometown, and now they're just going to be cruising. I mean, I, I also experienced, you know, the less need to me, he's probably just walking around topless with like a big glass of wine nonstop because he's if all those things happen, <laughs> yes. he's just essentially well, changed the NFC West. And on top of it, that in this copycat league, a bunch of teams like maybe, say, the Cleveland Browns and everybody else says, we're going to do the F all them picks situation, and they're not as good at they're gonna it. They're going to blow right. it. And their roster isn't yes. as already set up right. for that to work, and you're going to attempt it, and you are going to, you know, screw it all up. So what what they want to do, like their, their first copycat thing that everybody had from the Rams is everybody wants their own Sean McVay. And now everybody wants to do what Les Snead is doing. And nobody's going to either be A, as good at it, or B, as set up to do it. And somebody might just, oh, F all them picks. And it's just like, actually, you needed all them picks. Yeah, it's like we (laughs) spent half a decade calling ourselves like analytical geniuses. We're going to take that approach. Then we just throw it into the blender and start over and copy what the Rams are doing. Rich Eisen, you've said it all. You could watch Rich on NFL Network, obviously. Obviously, I'll be at the draft. The NFL draft is coming up One of these. Yes, 18 drafts for Rich. 18. Unbelievable. Also on Peacock TV, the Rich Eisen Show, Monday to Friday, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Also on Sirius XM. That's channel 85. Nice. And, uh, and don't bring up Mayock too much next to Jeremiah. It's just like a – it's, it's all right. He's feeling – By the way, they talk more than my children heat, talk with each other. Yeah. <laughs> they talk a lot. But also, I, Jeremiah – Don't don't ruin the – Jeremiah is the wholesome assassin. People think that, like, he wouldn't be able to handle Mayock maybe sneaking oh, no, around. Yeah. But he – The wholesome assassin. Oh, Yeah. Like he'll cut you. I might be of my fantasy team name. <laughs> Rich, thank you very much, Anytime, buddy. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Rich. You got it. All right, there goes Rich. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with some more news. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? 
You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to be. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. All right, welcome back. Uh, by the way, Steve Keim, general manager of the Cardinals, told reporters today there was, quote, zero chance Kyler Murray gets traded. We're hearing a lot of that. You know, A.J. Brown, for instance, the Titans wide receiver. We heard um, general manager John Robinson shoot down trade rumors. Uh, he said, I do not foresee us trading A.J. Brown, which is a little different than zero percent chance. But we'll uh, say. And then you had the head, co- head coach, Mike Vrabel, say, when A.J. Brown hits the trade block, I will not be head coach of the Titans. And yet, Mark, and yet, there's still percolation around Brown. And you, and you see it uh, on his Twitter feed where all the saga around him and his future uh, is uh, leading to certain tweets. Tweets like, they switch up on you quick. Who is you? Him. But who's they? He is annoyed uh, on a, at a lot of people, I think, because... Decode it for us, Mark. I, he, he had a previous tweet about, I am a div on a bad teammate all of a sudden. LOL, okay, do what you have to do then, and so, so will I. I. I don't think it's the Titans necessarily. I don't, because w- they seem as committed as anyone here to pay him. So who is it then? I think it's just perception of him, people attacking him. I really do. I don't think that it could is, be I, living in his mentions, which is always uh, not a great idea. I'm just saying, yeah. like if, when Mike Rabel came out as strong as he, that, I, he's the centerpiece of their offense. Of, of all these discontented individuals, and half of them have just gotten paid. I mean, you know, if you're, it, I, I just think he's the Titans are going to stick with him. He is a, re, he's one of these guys that has a reason to be annoyed with his output versus where he is. If you look at the over the cap wide receiver salaries, he sits right below Dwayne Eskridge. Terrace Marshall Jr. and Tutu Atwell. <laughs> That's just, yeah, because he's the next year after Right, but it's Atwell. like, but he's on his rookie contract. Th- it's these the same situation have, as Debo, though. Right, and they, these have been happening a long time. It's not like a new thing that players get contracts early. If anything, it was happening so much, they changed the rules. Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez got long-term contracts after two years of their career, which ended up being uh, uh, one of the most player-friendly uh, contracts in history and one of the most horrific contracts in history. And they changed the rules partly because the Patriots were re-signing guys so quickly. So that's the Stuff happens, but like it's a story. Gravedigger, who I is part of this Titans fan uh, mafia, which is now starting to take over. Maybe somebody in AJ internet. Brown's mentions. We, right. we should like Titans. Out. Titans fans are so insistent that this isn't a story. They're like, oh no, it's the media. It's a story. This is ridiculous. It's not a story. He's not being traded. Like, how dare you do this? And it's uh, like, if you're going to be talking about the Gravedigger, yeah. just look, just say I'm it's looking him. at you. I'm, yeah. It's you. And the, and the, oh, there's no chance. There's no chance. Like, uh, how dare they? The Titans said they're not going to trade him. How dare they? And it's like, 
Let's, okay, so let's talk about who's making it a story. Who's making it a story? AJ Brown is making it a story. He's the story. Like, it's his agent. I'm down, Greg. It's his agent <laughs> who starts it. Oh, yeah. But it's it's from them. So it, it really Mark bothers agrees. me. Yeah. It bothers me that the like, fans are like, oh, how could, they, how could they say this? This is nothing. This is stupid. All right, and, let, let Greg and then, talk. And then AJ Brown sends out <laughs> these digger, tweets. Go. He sends out these tweets. He's the one putting it out there. He's the one that wants the money. It is a story because it's a, it's a story because people talk about it and that makes it's a, it a story because it's a story. It's a story like it didn't come out of nowhere. Who made it a story? His agent did as a strategy. Why aren't they just, just like, like Russell Wilson up? did? I think and Seahawks fans hated the media and they blamed everyone until the moment that Russell Wilson was traded. And you know why? I don't know why. It's because he wanted to be the whole time. And maybe A.J. Brown wants to or not. But either way, he wants to get paid. And they're the ones who started. So don't blame everyone else about it. Well, you, you talked about his tweet, and there is an interesting thing here because A.J. Brown removed the word Tennessee from his Titans bio, so we all have to freak Snore. out about that. And he had a tweet up a year ago. I think this was about like playing with DK Metcalf or something. And it said, no, I'm not a package deal, LOL. I'm trying to be a Titan for life. He deleted that tweet the other day. <laughs> but here's the difference. I don't think it was a story two weeks ago when it was like, the Jets are sniffing around A.J. Brown. Yes, it was. That doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from his agent starting to put that stuff into the Go ahead, Graver. Finish East. your thought. I think it really became a story when the Titans' voluntary workout started and A.J. Brown was reportedly not there because he wants a new contract. But he wanted the new contract weeks ago. These stories don't come out of nowhere. They're they're putting it into the media's Greg, ear, is what I'm telling you. No one, like Russell no one is Wilson, saying it's coming out of nowhere. I think this is about speeding up the process of getting paid, not late summer, not in the middle of next season, but now. Sure. Or two and, years from now, right. after you franchise But it's, I don't think he is like, like dying to get out of Tennessee. He just wants Tennessee to pay him. Right. Absolutely. But they've, they've think, already come out and said they want to do that. Right. I'm and not I, saying that's going to happen. And Diana Rossini had a report that they are working on an extension already. John Robinson's talked about it. Mike Vrabel's talked about it. So, like, in my estimation, A.J. Brown will sign a contract extension with the Titans. It's just a matter of when. And the thing that Titans fans keep getting pissed about is the trade aspect of it. Like, PFF accounts tweeting like, imagine this 49ers offense if A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel are traded for each other, which is like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Right. But um, yeah, Don't I think you it's think more about it's, the trade. It's possible. My, my bigger thing Maybe was, he wants to play in California, you know? It's like these things don't happen organically. And I think there was this feeling that somehow the media is ginning this up and creating. Like, yes, now you know he wants a new contract. He wanted that weeks ago. And, he's, and his agent is talking to reporters who start putting these things out there because people talk. And that's, and that's where it comes from. And he probably doesn't care if he leaves Tennessee, if they're not going to pay him the number that he wants. I think they will too, ultimately. I, so I don't think it's like a, a huge deal, but it's like everyone getting so mad but about one how thing, this I comes see it up. differently than the Russell Wilson saga, who I do think Russell Wilson's relationship with the organization came to an end. AJ Brown and the Titans, I don't get that vibe at all. They want him. He wants money. He want, and he wants it they now. They switch right. up on and he wants it now. And it, it used to be, even as, soon as recently as a couple of years ago, if you were a superstar that came out of the outside the first round, that you had to eat a little poop and wait your turn to get paid. 
Now the game's changing a little bit. Guys are but saying, no, they got it this year. The only difference is that this is coming up before the draft, and they're trying to use their leverage that way to maybe inspire other teams to offer picks. Right. But a third-year receiver like A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel uh, and Terry McLaurin were asking for more money, getting more money, and holding out going into their fourth year for the last two decades. Like that, that is, that's pretty normal. It's more that they're just kind of taking control of this process so early. Well, what's, like April, essentially doing it now. So April instead of July, instead of July. Right? So why are we talking about yeah. this so much? Because though? because they're trying to see if the dra- the draft can bump that number up or create something. Like they're seeing if the draft is kind of a deadline leverage point that maybe will help them out. All right, I think now slightly nonsensical. I understand where you come from makes sense. If if this all ends with AJ Brown getting an extension fourteen days earlier. <laughs> I'm just going to be super annoyed that we're talking about it. Yeah. So passionate. Probably I feel happens. like he's probably going to hold out through all of the summer activities, and then training camp's going to get here, and it's like day one of training camp, where's A.J. Brown? And then day two, A.J. Brown signs huge extension with Thank the Titans and report. We've seen that story sun. roughly 712 times I agree. You know, during our podcast. I'm really rooting for a Debo versus A.J. Brown, or for A.J. Brown <laughs> trade, though, uh, just so he can replay that. I feel like if the Titans, you never know. If the Titans go down a certain path, um, of dysfunction, we could get Graver to just lose it on the podcast because he's so passionate. So I'm, I'm rooting for chaos. That's what I'm rooting for. Sure. Yeah. There is something. That's they don't have a ton of cap space. They're not maybe the most cash-rich team in the league in terms of guaranteed money. Wanting to put all, you know, there's something. Yeah, so they now also, you're coming over to my side of things the in that conversation. Thing, uh, they, they also cut Julio Jones with a post-June 1 designation, which means they get $9.5 million in cap space back, sure. but not until June. So they can't. I mean, okay. I, don't know how I feel good about where this is headed. And Debo, I feel a little differently. The AJ, we'll see. All right, Ben McAdoo, he's a rock star. You remember that? Jay Glazer report. Matt Rule's job depends on hiring a rock star offensive coordinator. That became Ben McAdoo, who was something hey, of a resounding. Bear looks like he's failure. a rock star. He kind of looks. I like he could be feel in, like. In a band. Well, let's get one step at a time here. Let's start with Ben McAdoo, offensive coordinator of the Panthers. QB needy Panthers, it seems, uh, uh, to many, um, most, if not all. Ben McAdoo's up there on the podium talking about Sam Darnold, and he has a little slip-up. We're going to play you the beginning, and then a little later in the presser. Sam is our starting quarterback, yes. You know, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people, so... You know, announcing the you starting people. quarterback here, I just put my foot in the mouth, so I, that wasn't something I should have said. <laughs> I don't actually don't think it matters that much because technically he is the starting quarterback. He's the incumbent. He was the starter last year. Uh, and it's either and, him or PJ Walker. Yeah, at the you moment. could like if you want to read into it, go ahead and read into it. That that meant that means they're not drafting a quarterback uh, next week. I don't I'm not looking it down that way. I'm more plugged in on. I think Ben finally found a look that works from him with the lettuce right up top. The part down the middle. He likes it long. There's nothing wrong with liking it long. And uh, I think he's found a look that could, much better than the uh, the fluff look, like the Bieber 2012. Yeah, he went through many phases that were unacceptable. And the, and the slick back look, the greaser look, that wasn't for him. But I think he's found something right now with the uh, the center part. 
I don't buy the idea that he's a rock star. I mean, I also think that if you um, go through the next season's voyage with Sam Darnold as your plugged-in starter, you're probably not going to be working anywhere a year from now if you're an offensive coordinator. So if they if that is their plan, which it is not at all, they've got to come up with something else. Um, it's utter. No, it's like nothing other than doom. No matter how uh, nice his hair looks and how shiny his hair looks. I assumed it meant nothing like you, Dan. That it was that just like shine. a random slip. Like, of course he's a starter. But him actually apologizing for it in such a way made me wonder uh, maybe that was, maybe there was something to it cuz like why would he be apologizing if it meant nothing maybe they are entering this month at least with the possibility that Sam Darnold might be their starter cuz i guess how could they not you know they don't know if they yeah. get if they get a rookie is he going to be a bum or not you don't really know until you see it and uh they don't know if they're going to have Baker Mayfield or not at this point. You think um, Rich is kind of hit on it, and I, I, I got a vibe maybe. The fact that SoFi is ripping up or pulling up their artificial turf, and he has to do the run, Rich, run at the Rose Bowl. I wonder if he was like behind the scenes really mad about that because he had the turf at an Indy that was great. He wants to run a sub six. I wonder. It's for a good cause, but it doesn't mean that he d- he may not have other feelings about how the process has played out and could go- be agitated. I'm going to go over there today and just see, like, like do you think we could just get in? Because no. if they're getting rid of that turf, yeah, that would be a great, like, Ellis, my daughter, is a huge Rams fan. A little turf souvenir. Eat. I don't know. Maybe just go in there and steal some turf. I'd like to see I don't know if take some turf out of that facility. Can we get in there? It's right there. No, I there. think security would totally no buy there. you. I don't think you're getting into, into the facility. <laughs> Finally in the news, this is... Um, we had Josh Norris from the Fantasy Underdog realm on our show. 16 out of 32. Underdog Fantasy. You did struggle with that a few times. Because I think the website was like Underdog Network, but I think it's just Underdog. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy. Listen, you know where to find Josh Norris. After you go 16 for 32, you'll find Josh Norris. Anyway, Bud Light, a partner here with the NFL on the draft, is offering $15 million if you can correctly predict all 32 round selections ahead of this year's NFL draft, which is ludicrous, quite frankly. So I thought what we could do to kind of raise our profile a little bit and knowing that no one would ever be able to do that because Josh basically topped the best you could do is about is half. I don't think you could do much better than half. Ricky, I want you to send this out to all major media outlets. Actually, can I get the trumpets? Give me the eyes and trumpets. The Around the NFL podcast will give you... One hundred and fifteen million dollars if you go thirty two for thirty two. Just send your draft selections to the ATN podcast at gmail.com. I mean we have it in escrow, so this is uh, in this is escrow. Legitimate. We'll we'll even huh. throw in an NFL podcast uh hoodie. I think there's a couple in a box upstairs in nice. the shadowies. We used to have, back in the uh, La Cid era, we had a lot of glossies, 8x10s, that we would sign for. And then Ricky took over, and I think she burned all of them. We also sent out. Anything with Sydney's. uh, If we could track down one of the old La Cid 8x10s, we'll sign that as well. With the 115 million in escrow. Maybe she took them with her, La Cid. Maybe. Maybe We also sent as a gift once a 2006, um, and this was long after 2006, a 2006 Tennessee Titans media guide. 
Do you remember the puzzle? That's, of, right. that's the Vince Young, puzzle. Vince Young, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, that's I mean, the rookie like of the fun. year, that's Vince a, Young. Great so year. we all signed that puzzle to send to the winner of the Colleen theme song, the uh, yeah. wolf puzzle. Yeah. And then the the you know listener could put the puzzle together and it would yes. be all our signatures. And I put it in a box to send to FedEx and then the pandemic happened. Uh, and so it was two years and there. now I don't know where that puzzle is. It's like a whole, it's like could be in Culver, could be gone. Oh, you never actually sent it out? No, I, we got locked at home for All right, so years. don't hold your breath about the 115 large. <laughs> yeah, well. That's... If you hit 32 of 32. But just know Bud Light ain't got nothing on us. That's what's happening in the news. We got to talk some more draft. The draft is one week from today is the first round. Can you believe that? We're going to be in. I'm dr- annoyed now. Are you? That was previous me. Annoyed no. about something We're going to be at the draft for the first time since I believe the... The old New York days. Well, Dan and I went to the Johnny Manziel draft. Yeah, you guys went in Cleveland, and Wes and I were back in the studio. (sighs) That was, uh, no, it was in New York. 2014. Yeah. Radio City. You you, you departed after sitting in those small Radio City seats with um, a back injury. A neck injury that I had for about two years. Uh, Pending litigation, perhaps, with uh, Madison Square Garden and uh, Radio City Music Hall. Yes. No, go ahead. No, but uh, yeah, we're going to be at the draft in Vegas. We're going to have a show draft night backstage, as I understand, at where's the draft? Allegiant Stadium or in the surrounding territories? No, it's at the Not Bellagio at the, at the fountain. It's at the Bellagio. Right? The I don't know. We're no. in the fountain. It's, it's <laughs> topless. It's, it's close. It's at some it's theater, at the big theater fountain. right there. They're coming through, but it's not like inside the Bellagio or anything. Yeah, oh, I looked for this. So we're going to be there uh, on Thursday night uh, for the first round. We'll maybe even talk to some first round picks. Uh, Mark was hoping we get some offensive linemen, some D tackles, some run stuffers. So I just want to dig in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. And before that, let's have a conversation. You know, when you look at the draft and the strategies where teams are expected to go. The speculation, it's now reached a fever pitch as it always does by this time of the NFL calendar. And yet, sometimes that feeling that people have is a bad feeling for a team. Mm. So this segment is called No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> That's mine. Everyone's going to do one. Including Greg, <laughs> our own line reading. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good, to, you know. I think after performative you, after you inju- introduce the idea, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, show a little improv, and that's behind the glass too. I want to get some. I got to get Christy Stapleton, get her on the mic for that, uh, for for mine. But so let's go around, and this is kind of one last last chance at advice uh, for teams that might be leaning a certain way in a way that would end in doom. Mark, get us going. I have seen all the mock drafts, um, and the vast majority tell us that Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are going to go defense, and let's just keep, uh, you know, adding big, thick men to the both lines on the ball. And I'm telling, uh, well, I mean, they would be at various times, not on the field. I, I, I want the Lions <laughs> Mark, who are so crazy. Uh, they're halfway there. Please stop. They are halfway there of being a super interesting team. Half. They got a, I thought that they were the most fascinating, sucky team I've seen in years a season ago. Here's what I'm saying to the Detroit Lions. Do not pass on the idea of just rolling the dice and drafting Malik Willis. 
just do it. I don't care about Jared Goff. I don't care about <laughs> drafting some sort of edge rusher. Wait, so your I thing is care. yes, do that? Do that to yes, Don't Jeff. pass. <laughs> this is your idea. No, 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 no. Do not do that on passing on Malik Willis. Oh. <laughs> The old double negative. Well, this is this is connected to yours, well, so we can have a nice conversation. Well, I would say do not draft a defensive tackle slash edge rusher. I want Erica Tamposi uh, to give me um, a line read. Are you going to tee it up or you want me to No, just do it. it. Okay. No, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> I would say uh, drafting Malik Willis. That was my first one. So we are on opposite ends of the aisle Ooh, here. Don't draft Malik don't Willis. Don't draft saying, Malik Willis oh, because we have so much. It. We have so much uh, institutional knowledge, potentially, uh, that this is not a quarterback class. And that, that reeks to me of a team with a need reaching at number two when I if I'm the Lions my move would be to try to get the hell out of the number two pick if you could trade back and if not your roster is not halfway there maybe they're halfway to being interesting but they are half they are less than half they're like a, a tenth of the way there to being a Super Bowl contender just go get the best player on the board Jared Goff is a perfectly respectable bridge quarterback you're not contending this year anyway so why not stick with Goff who's under contract anyway add more players to the draft, and then next year perhaps you go get that quarterback either through the draft or free agency, a guy that you really love. Now, maybe they love Malik Wills. Maybe that is that is part of this conversation. Then sure, if you really are in love. But be careful to talk yourself into it because you need a quarterback. Well, if they don't like him, then they're not going to do that. But the idea that we all know that Malik Willis is just going to flatline or be a glass of warm I'm going milk. off everything that we've heard about his college career and everything we've He's heard the one quarterback draft in this experts. draft with upside, though, with sure, a real right. ceiling. And sure. I don't like a team in year three of a regime – Next offseason, they still don't know who their quarterback is. Right. It's like that's that bridge is getting long if you have Goff and nothing else this year. I just would say you meet in the middle. I don't think there's much of a chance. We we never know going into it just about anything, but I just don't get you don't get the sense there's much of a chance Malik Willis could go number two. What about but this? what you could imagine is them getting Aiden Hutchinson, the local guy, at number two, because Trayvon Walker goes number one. Beautiful. And then you use all these picks you got. They have 32 and 34. They've got 66. They have 97, which is compensatory, too. Using some of those picks to move up, at the very least, ahead of Pittsburgh, who's at 20. And you get Malik Willis in the middle of the first round. And I, I foresee, I see that as a very Do that! Do it. That marries our ideas. But that, yes. that, that also presumes that you can get him in the middle of the first round. I think that's risky. I mean, there, you've got the Carolina if Panthers you, sitting there. Other teams could trade up. He's obviously not going number one unless the Jaguars trade out of that pick. Their phone's not ringing, according to Rap Sheet. So, yes, that's the only scenario where you definitely get your guy. But I would just – my feeling would be in that building, they need to really love him. Otherwise – Which we don't know. We, otherwise, go get – their defense needs plenty of help. Go build up the defense. Go get an edge rusher, which are invaluable in our league. Even if that's not a home run either, I get that. But you take a quarterback number two, that's a two to three year investment. Um, you better be sure. Right. And I, I think that's why guy. it doesn't make sense at two. But yeah, I think it's a better spot than people think because I think the coaching staff is good. I think the offensive line is quite good. Uh, so there are things to like about the Lions, especially if, if you're not put into that position you, you want to play Right. So we have a, 
jump, jumping out of this real quick, uh, spinning back to the uh, Kyler Murray situation, some developing news here. Kyler Murray tweet in response to Patrick Peterson comments, which were, you know, they uh, Patrick Peterson, former Cardinals mainstay, said this week he doesn't see Kyler's long-term home, Arizona. Kyler tweets, I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals, comma, AZ is home. Okay. Okay. That's pretty strong. Stepping off the ledge. That's pretty strong. I kind of don't care what he says at all at this point, but all right. <laughs> pretty strong. That wasn't that he didn't have to send that out. That was that's an olive branch to the Cardinals. Uh, essentially, everything that players have done on social media this offseason did not have to be sent out. What well, you could say about social media in general? I absolutely do. Ninety nine point six percent of, twi- hey, of Twitter. I, who knew that um, such a brave guy was going to step forward during this podcast that Mark would just hey social media. I think it's bad for society. Don't need that MySpace. No comment. <laughs> All right, back to uh, the back to the conversation at hand. Uh, the no, Bart no, no, like no, that, no, that one. No, well, you, that one didn't land I, well. You know, you can't. Back. It's it is hard to get space to be the brave one on this show. So <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> oh, the slings and arrows, Greg. You're up. Um, you mentioned <laughs> Johnny like, Manziel earlier. That was a good. One. <laughs> that was good. You mentioned Johnny Manziel <laughs> earlier. Um, and there's a quarterback in this draft that reminds me just a little bit of Johnny Manziel, at least at least in terms of like some of the strengths and weaknesses. Uh-oh. And it also reminds me a little bit of uh, the current Browns quarterback who's not really the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield. And it's a player who's being mocked a lot to the Carolina Panthers at number six overall. Uh quite old prospect by the name of Kenny Pickett. And just imagining the Panthers drafting Kenny Pickett in that spot just makes me think like, no, 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 you can't do that. That was real. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett seems like he's a, a little bit of the worst of all worlds in terms of a guy you would take that early. Carolina is definitely a worst of all worlds, I think, for a player arriving. Number one, your coach could be on the way out, similar to Justin Fields uh, last year, arriving to Chicago and kind of wasting a year with a coaching staff that's about to leave. Number two, a terrible, terrible offensive line. And that that's, that's the most important part of the equation, that they haven't really fixed this offseason. And they could help fix with the number six overall pick, or you move back and, and you get some picks. Pickett is talked up as accurate, and, and he, he seems to be. And, like, Johnny Manziel could could throw it pretty accurately when, when he saw it. And Baker Mayfield can throw it accurately when he saw it. But Pickett, to me, doesn't seem like he has, like, the pocket feel, and he holds on to the ball forever. His time to throw, according to PFF, is over three seconds, like one of the highest in college football over the last three years in a row. Like, that's just part of who he is. So he's, like, always trying to make a play. And that reminds me of Baker, and it reminds me of Johnny Manziel, these guys who maybe don't progress in terms of, like, 
great quarterback skills in terms of going one to two to three quickly, that it takes forever, and you go just try to make a play outside of the pocket. That's sort of who Kenny Pickett is, and that worked when you're like a 23-year-old fifth-year senior who didn't really do much until your fifth year, but I think could be really troubling uh, at the NFL level unless you have a lot of support around you. And Carolina does not offer a lot of support. Here's my question then, because, all right, that all makes sense for the Panthers. It's they're overshooting with that quarterback in that spot. Are we suddenly okay with the idea of Pittsburgh taking the player you just described 14 spots later? Does it really matter? Why should anyone cling to Kenny Pickett as their quarterback of the future? Different people but- like different things, and, and some, like our guy Daniel Jeremiah, who knows a lot more about this process, thinks he's the best quarterback in this draft. And, but then, and- but then, so then, then if that's the case, let's say he is, and let's say Daniel Jeremiah is right. If you're the Panthers, why wouldn't you? It's like I guess it just seems like we're talking about a player who has value suddenly an hour and a half later in the draft process because we're 14 picks down. I, it wouldn't make sense for the Steelers to take him either for, for what it's worth. And I, it's very little. Like, I think Malik Willis makes a lot more sense to them and maybe even Desmond Ritter. But Pickett seems like a, a guy who's going to try to find out that his athleticism that worked in college isn't going to be as special. And he, it's kind of like all these quarterbacks. It's a, it's a boring topic at this point, but like everyone's mm. trying to convince themselves into any of these guys. So probably none of them make sense. I think Steelers are in a slightly different spot where you take a guy at 20 uh, and whoever it is, maybe you're not forced to play them right away. Uh, that you'll just eat Trubisky for a year and you're not th- that worried. And I trust them to develop in a way that, that others would Eat wouldn't. Trubisky for a year. It's like, but none of these guys would be going that high a year ago, I think is pretty clear. Malik Willis, at least, I think people see that there's like a chance. You can see it. You see those Josh Allen throws. You see one of the best Malik running Willis quarterbacks the in the Steelers league right now. makes a lot of sense to me. Where the they upside are the of draft. the other guys doesn't seem like it's there. If your upside is Baker Mayfield, just go get Baker Mayfield. Like, he's going to be way better right now than, than a Kenny Pickett is. I just, I'm feeling cynical because... Like the pre-draft quarterback talk is like correct about 12% of the time, it seems like. So it's like, who really, what? Most guys can't really play. More developing news. In the big picture, more more of these guys are going to fail than the. Right. Even in Baker's class, that was the case. One of the best classes ever. Kyler Murray has now replied to a rap sheet (laughs) tweet. Rap sheet tweeted, could Cardinals QB Kyler Murray be traded? GM Steve Kime during his pre-draft press conference. Zero chance, as we uh, uh, talked about earlier. Kyler's reply, the 100 emoji, the 100 in red and two underlines. This is exciting to go through it's, this. He's very so um, They definitely got a deal done today then, right? That's no, going to come out soon? But, but he's, I, get, I just feel like he's a little clumsy in I this I think whole he's realm. trying to, you know, re- re- backpedal a little and remake the image of or he knows something and is like feeling confident now. Yeah, but well, to Mark's point, then just f-ing do the deal. Yeah, like what? they right. don't know anything. They're just like trying to quiet it all down, all uh, right. quiet it all down, like PR wise, which is great. Maybe they maybe they've made some progress in terms of a contract. Man, this thing's going so well. Let's just keep rolling straight through. No breaks. No, 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 no. Don't do that. All right, Ricky. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. All right. So you may recall, uh, boys and girls, uh, early in the draft process when everybody was hot, 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 hot on Kyle Hamilton. Yes, he's a safety, which is not a premier position, whatever that means. But he might be the best player in this draft. And then I think it was his pro day or combine. He ran a not impressive 40. Both. And now you're seeing like Josh Norris's mock. He's 18 to the Eagles. And to that, I'll say Randy Chavez. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No. (laughs) There's a little panic in the voice there. I like that. That's to all the GMs that are saying, we'll pass on this guy. Let him fall deep into the first round. What is this is what I know. And I am the furthest thing from a college expert, but I will say this, you know, from years and years and years of following the sport that the guys who know their shit, the Bucky Brooks is of the world. As an example, it's like, you can get all hot, and bothered about the combine and pro days and all this. But the best way to find out if a guy can play is watch the tape. And this guy, uh, Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame was a baller. And yet this happens every year. One a guy runs up port 40 and he starts tumbling down the board. Now these are mock draft boards. We'll see if NFL teams were turned off the way mock drafters who are plugged in and asking questions uh, have surmised this, mm. but if Kyle Hamilton ends up being an all-pro star at safety, uh, k- teams are going to be kicking themselves because he didn't run fast in March. Maybe he was never that high in the first place because he's a safety and teams, when it comes down to it, just like taking either receivers or big big guys. you know. And that's what the whole mocks, like rising, falling, 
it, it's become almost cliche now that it's it's less rising falling and more just like the the pros the coaches enter the process the gms we actually get a feel of what they're actually thinking and maybe kyle hamilton was never there but i'm with you it's like overthinking it in a draft where it seems like there's no surefire home runs why not take the guy that has the best chance to be an all pro that like a double who cares if it's positional value like that that part doesn't make a lot of sense to me it's there aren't a lot of players that started out in most mocks you know unanimously top five and viewed as sort of a rock solid like hit and then they tumbled the way they did and it's it's it says a lot about the position but i think maybe a team will surprise us and go a little earlier with them all right anybody else got one I got too many. Uh, I guess just since we should do it, I feel like we haven't had like almost the cliched conversation. Um, to well, that's tra- what we always tra- aim for on this show. <laughs> I know, just to, it, but it's big. It's the number one overall draft pick, All right, and go like ahead. sometimes the conventional wisdom take I think is right, and I think when it's Trent Balky making the decision for Jacksonville. It's like, hey, Jaguars, how about don't take the guy number one overall who has less production than any like <laughs> top five pass rusher in the history of the NFL? Like, how about let's not do that? No, 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 no. Don't do it. <laughs> you, do you trust them to, that was to a not condescending. do that? I like I like the condescension. It's just like uh, let's let's not say, oh, it's the Georgia scheme and he's good at run defense. It's like. And and all oh, that's true. I'm sure, like it makes sense that some physical. Did you say Trayvon Walker? Trayvon Walker, yeah. yeah. It, I'm sure all that all that makes sense that he's got these tools that are crazy. He's a physical, like just total freak, and that probably means he's going to be a halfway decent pro. Um, but at no point has he ever been a great pass rusher. Let's not take him number one overall. Well, who's the, take someone else? Who's take, the take Aiden Hutchinson? Who's the equivalent? Who is there an NFL equivalent in recent years that similarly? Daniel project- Hunter, but he got taken in the third round. Or, or like, Justin I, Herbert maybe wasn't off the map, a totally different vibe. But I mean, I mean people, defensive edge rusher for in instance. terms of what the kind of player I think Trayvon Walker can and maybe will be would be more like Clowney, who did go one overall, but Clowney was an incredibly productive college player. Like he's more strong, like he's going to be stronger and more athletic than he is like a pure pass rusher. But I, I don't know. I just well, don't, Cl- well, I don't also, trust like, the Clowney Jaguars to make like, decisions. He's the opposite. What made Clowney such a exciting prospect was, of course, the famous hit on the running back in the backfield. Like he was he was this guy that seemed, people were talking him up like LT because he had excelled so much in college. He was player it's of the scary. year. He like, was player he, of the year. Trayvon Walker for the Jets, for instance, he could fall to them at four, and I could see them getting sucked in and taking him. And I just don't know how I would feel for this very reason. It, 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 it spooks me a little bit for a guy not to be a college star to expect him to be a professional. I'd almost star. trust the Jets a little more, if only because Robert Sala's defense makes sense to me. They're a defensive scheme that takes big, strong guys that are maybe a little unrefined and tries to simplify it and just says, go. And that's and what this good, draft And that's is, what he could be really good at, I think. Just sort of like a bowling ball that messes a lot of things up. Maybe you don't get a lot of sacks and that, and they could coach him up. I just sort of don't trust the Jaguars to take the like boomer bus guy because everything they've done as a franchise for the last decade has been bust. Like, right. and I, that, that matters to me. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, a lot of people mocking him still to the Jaguars. 
uh, Malik Willis, maybe to the Lions. Yeah, maybe Trayvon Walker ends up on the Jets. That's why everyone's saying this first round, there's not slam dunks in it. There's going to be risk. Uh, that's why people are trying to get out of the first round. Teams are trying to get out. I mean, the first 10 picks, I should say, of the first round. People are trying to deal out of that zone because there's way too much risk involved with these picks. People get fired from missing on top 10 picks badly. And this draft especially feels like Mark one where you can get canned by taking the next Vernon Golston, for instance. I've got one for you. All right. Mark's all business today. I like the the edge to you right now. Mark. Ever since I said brave, which wasn't like a <laughs> I'm a totally checked out at this it. point. I, I, it I wasn't a commentary totally on anything. Out. It was more just a silly, silly joke. There's a team that obviously is like a player away. F- they, they are maybe a player or two away from Super Bowl glory. And they should see themselves that way, even though their general manager today said it's not Super Bowl or bust. Nonsense. Yes, it is. Everyone in Buffalo knows that it's Super Bowl or bust. The piece I think they're missing is having Josh Allen have to be the centerpiece of their rushing attack. I know you have Devin Singletary. They tried to get J.D. McKissick. That went south. He would have been a great situational player for them. There is a player out there who is viewed as the unquestionable high-volume runner who can score from anywhere on the field. He's a two-time first-team All-American. He has the college production we're talking about in every possible way. And what I don't want the Bills in this Uh spot to do (laughs) is to try to get too cute and outsmart all the mock drafters who have essentially mocked this player running back Brees Hall from Iowa State to Buffalo. For them to say, if everyone says we're going to do this, we're not going to do it. Hit it, Sean Kelly. No, 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 don't do that. Okay, let's try it a little differently. Give me a second. Just give me a second take. He doesn't. I like that, but let's just give it, give me a different flavor. No, 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 do not do that. Let's pretend you're very angry. Okay. No, 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 do not do that. All right, that's the vibe. So that was believable. That felt yeah, like that a, felt, that's the vibe. That, that was a very real. much like Sean has has used those exact words in that same tone like, to his mom uh, when he told her to like clean up his room. I was going to say his college <laughs> girlfriend when she was like, I don't think long distance is going to work. Right, this is not, no, there's, you, know, I know you, you had I know, a nice experience. I'll love you and yeah. I'll always like, give me one more, Sean. Uh, I love you and nothing is going to ever change that. Like you you always have a special place in my heart, but I just think this is the time where we need to go our separate ways. No, 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 you cannot do that. Well, let's not improvise. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Got to get a little flavor. So, but back to, so Mark, yours, yours are bending my brain a little bit. So yours no, are, no, do no, not, no, 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 do not, not, not do that. It's yes. I uh, would say that if if you want it not spun in a different way or if you do, it's do not listen to the mock draft. Do not do not ignore the mock drafters. Do not try to be smarter. So listen to the mock drafters. Essentially. <laughs> do what everyone thinks you're going to do. The worst, the worst thing about this is that I vaguely came up with this second no, you, idea yesterday. You came up with it. No it was a winner. Happening. It was a winner. That's, um, I, I'm just coming we, at it from a different yeah, We talked about of, this with Josh, this very situation. Right. Uh, Brees Hall and the Bills. It makes plenty of sense. But this also comes yeah. from me suggesting that we've talked about that they, like if Christian McCaffrey were ever uh, truly on the market, yeah, that the, the Bills doing that deal and getting that done would turn their offense into something psychotic. Can, I think Brees Hall can Brees get Hall and there. Kenny Walker seem like guys if they were in a draft 15 years ago, 
they potentially would be top 10 picks and yeah. they're like totally yeah. ignored. So I, that part of it I like, but then I also look at the Bills and I think, why did the Bills not win the Super yes. Bowl? It's because Sean McDermott's defense stunk and it sort of got ignored. 12 it seconds. Ha- had a good season, but they got lit up for 500 yards. They don't have a, co- a second outside cornerback right now. They have Tredavious White and really nothing else. So I'm almost certain they're going to take a cornerback in the first two rounds I guess, you know, maybe they'll take a running back first and a cornerback second or, or vice versa. But, man, they need help in the secondary. Is, it's is like what they, you, they like, did it on offense. You guys did it. And you always you never want to risk getting stale uh, and just resting on your laurels on one side of the ball. But I feel like the offense is going to put up points. They're going to score 30. It's the defense. If they could add a couple more difference makers there. I, so hold on here. Yeah. I'm going off of their actual actions. They thought they had J.D. McKissick, who is a better player than I think most oh, no, people. No, I think it makes sense. It's like, right, that's but that's a, like a third down back. I, I feel like you could get you could get Dalvin Cook's brother, what is it, James Cook, who who looks awesome. I feel like people are under, like overthinking that, uh, him just because he didn't have crazy production. He looks exactly like Dalvin Cook. Just draft him earlier. Well, Ozzy Canseco made it look a lot I, like. I Jose. get it, but he runs and catches the ball beautifully. Like, and he'll be available maybe in the second round. Is all I mean. More. I just address the position, but if they th- if they think he's special, like I, the defense, yes. But how about add strength to strength? I, you know what, and we also trust them as team builders. Greg, I don't agree with it, but Greg had um, their brain trust, Sean McDermott, um, and company as number one in your GM power rankings. That's right. Over the I Super probably should have had Sneed. Less Sneed. In hindsight. And you hurt. You got an earful from a certain high-ranking figure within the Rams. I mean, that's for you to throw out there. But, yeah, <laughs> I think it just shows how important the GM rankings are. I mean, they they send shockwaves throughout the industry. Um, Kevin Colbert was, was very high. I'm going to wrap up with just one more okay. quick one. And he was on our show. And the he, uh, high-ranking owner, by the way, was Stan Kroenke, <laughs> high-ranking official. Me and Reached Stan, out. Me Stan, and Stan are tight. Um, Kevin Colbert wants to leave the Steelers in great shape. We talked about that scenario earlier where maybe the Lions can can trade up ahead of Pittsburgh to go get Malik Willis. And and I just think Kevin Colbert, if, if you're thinking Malik Willis, and it really feels like Mike Tomlin would like that idea, and for my own enjoyment, who doesn't want to watch uh, – Trubisky for 17 weeks and likes the idea of a future Steelers team with one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, which Malik Willis will be day one, like Jalen Hurts, but more like uh, somewhere between Jalen Hurts and Cam Newton as a runner and just crazy arm strength. Don't don't wait for wait. Don't wait for Malik Willis. Like, don't do it. I think you're probably going to have to move up, whether it's to like 12 or something. It's not the Steeler way. They've never done it. They always just sit there. He famously sat there and waited for Ben to come to him. But I don't know if waiting for Malik Willis to come to you is going to work. And when I when I think about this, this is what I think about, Justin. No, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Very good. All right. We got Malik Willis fever. All right. If he does all those things, if he does all those things, then like two years from now, people are going to be annoyed that Detroit didn't take him. Just saying that that's a fair point. Like, I just think, of course, but, but, but that's the thing. Like five minutes later, Malik Malik Willis is someone, someone the Steelers should trade up for and break their organizational philosophy. Don't don't take two. No, it's like, like if you're the Detroit Lions, you've been, you've been the most dull 
observational team in the league for years and years, and you're going to roll out Jared Goff again and then roll into the year Well, you three. just said they were really entertaining last year. Yeah. Jared Goff well, okay, so I think they were spicy for a team that has the second overall pick. I, I think not, even Malik Willis fully is... fully arrived product. Right. Even his biggest fans, Malik Willis, probably recognize, what is it, maybe like a 40% chance that he becomes a hit. But that's kind of true, I guess, what you're saying, Mark, of, of any first... You said that first round... Well, unless Snead, we love, thought oh. Jared Goff would be. So, I again, like I, the human element to this is um, toxic. Right. I think that 2018 <laughs> draft is a good reminder. I think there it was very typical of how first-round quarterbacks go. Two were total hits. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who, who both fell too far. Uh, one was Baker, who I think's in the middle. Like, he's a starting quarterback. You're not in love that he was your number one overall pick, yeah. but he wasn't a bad pick. He's a quarterback. And two w- look like bus. And that's, like, how it goes. But maybe Malik Willis is sort of, a, like, if he was in that draft, it's funny to think about Lamar now. Like, if Lamar Jackson was in this draft, his profile coming out of college, he'd be the number one overall pick. And he went 32nd. It's it's a little mind-bending to think how, how it's changed, how the league's changed. Um, all right. That's our last show of the week. We have our the season finale of the Around the NFL broadcast uh, tomorrow, Friday, mm. on NFL Network. If you miss it, according to Peter Schrager, they air that bitch like at 3 a.m. on Monday morning. So just check your local listings. Find it. Watch it. Uh, if you can, we really would appreciate it. And then next week, we're all in for draft week. Uh, we will give you, I think we're going to give you five shows. And people are wondering, is the Mark Sessler mock draft coming back? You're damn right it is. It's an event. We don't skip events. It's a tentpole of this show, and it will be treated as such. Mark? Yeah, and I, I, I promise, as always, to put at least 42 minutes into the the research and the, uh, the production. Good. Yes. Mm. And I think... A I mean, little... We did have a discussion about not doing it, which I was surprised. Well, I you was, had it. I stood on the table and was saying, we got to do this mock draft. And it was kind of thrown out there. Oh, are we going to do that or not? And I was like, we got we got to do this. I think it got blown out a little bit too much last year. We're so finding we're going gonna... to find the right, right. balance. Right. <laughs> and just know that Malik Willis, will he be the number two pick in Mark's mock draft after all that? I like to think he will be, but Mark's also an unpredictable guy. He might not. Well, he's a businessman, and he wants to beat Josh Norris. I know that. Oh, yeah. He wants well, to beat Daniel really Jeremiah. About. I beat Daniel Jer- Jeremiah a few years ago, I believe. Ooh-wee. And if you you know what? If you put Malik Willis to the Lions at two. <laughs> Just say you did. You, no one's going to look at Because I think in, fir- in, final, in the final analysis, that was not totally accurate. But I listen, I if they draft him at 15, though, I think you get credit for him. Team, player, match, it's close enough. Even if it's not. Well, oh, one number. more update from Kyler Murray. Developing news. Okay, so he's on some sort of you know LSD product at this point. <laughs> Kyler Murray, I will only play for the Cardinals, and I will pay them. Wow, that no, that didn't. That's the last. There's nowhere updates. <laughs> it would be he must love like, the wouldn't Cardinals. that be awesome though? Like if he did a tweet and he just did that tongue in cheek. Uh, that, that would blow up the internet. I that don't would think be great. Kyler Murray, would, we haven't gotten any sense of humor detection off him yet, but maybe we just no, need to none. get to know him better. No, and according no. to like AJ Green's conversation what? with the media this week, it felt like uh, him and Kyler Murray had barely ever spoken. <laughs> <laughs> He'd said it in the nicest way possible, but that's what it felt like. It was... All right. All right, last last one. Here's Christy. There she is behind the glass. Christy Stapleton. Um Mark is getting ready to make Malik Willis. Oh, look, she's running away. 
She ran out of oh, is- She said, I'm not doing this. And ran. That, that's like... <laughs> It's like that dream you have in high school where like you're giving a speech to the class and you realize you're in your underwear. That's the yeah. way she just reacted. She sprinted out of here. I think she, she heard a car out? start. Oh, She's dark. trying to sneak back in so you can't. All see right. Her. Then, well, she had her chance. So it could have been a star. And she and she's like, punted. hey, this uh, this life in front of the microphone uh, hey, is not for everybody. <laughs> it's only for the real heroes, the brave ones among that's one way to put it. Um, Where right. were you going with that? I don't. I don't. Uh, Thank you so for listening. You say things uh, until draft week. Stan Hansen signing off for Rich Eyes in the Face. Thanks for joining us, Rich, the old boss, Quiet Storm, Ricky Hollywood, and the whole gang behind the glass. Christy, I have to say, I'm disappointed. Till Tuesday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.